Cinema Wellman. I am your host, David. Uh, and with the remnants of the pounds and pounds of Halloween candy you just consumed cluttering your head and belly, well, that can only mean one thing. It's time to recap the month and fill you in on the best and worst of October. Like a full trick-or-treat bag, you can never get all winners. There is going to be a toothbrush or two mixed in. Those are the chances you take. We will, as always, begin with the worst. In a relatively surprising turn of events, there are only two bombs to eviscerate this month. There was a good amount of meh, but only two bombs. So let's light that fuse. We'll begin in 2010 with The Losers, very appropriately named. Rated PG-13. Uh, IMDb gets it a, gives it a 6.2, and I don't get it. Uh, they also describe it, this snoozer, as follows. A CIA special forces team is betrayed and left for dead by their supervisors, galvanizing them to mount an offensive on the CIA. If you feel like you've seen this movie before, you probably have, when it was made better by more talented people under various titles over the years. What a tired premise. I like Idris Elba. I like Zoe Saldana. I don't like Chris Evans, but he's not the only reason this movie is on the worst list for October. It's here because it's uniquely unoriginal in its plot, and the writing is trash. I never liked Peter Berg as an actor or director. Now I can dislike him as a writer as well. I'm sure he's a nice guy. There's nothing here that you haven't seen many times before, and that usually gets you a spot on the worst of the month list. Even worse than that was a mind-bogglingly bad science fiction horror movie that had me texting and sending clips to Larry for the duration of the movie. Get ready for a very unwelcome visitor from 1979, The Visitor. Rated R, 108 minutes, IMDb gives it a 5.2. This is kind of like if you mixed Carrie with E.T. the Extraterrestrial and then made it really shitty and incoherent. IMDb's attempt at a description will not help. The soul of a young girl with telekinetic powers and her mother become the prize in a battle between good ETs and evil ETs. I didn't know there were good ETs. You know who's in this otherworldly mess of a movie? Lance Henriksen, Mel Ferrer, and Glenn Ford, for starters. Oscar-nominated director-writer Sam Peckinpah is in this as an actor for some reason. Two-time Oscar winner Shelley Winters is in this. Two-time Oscar winner John Huston is in this. And he looked pretty stoned, stoned if you ask me. I mean, I sent Larry that clip. And teenager Paige Connor was given the and introducing credit in a performance I could only describe as deliciously nasty. She was the only reason to watch this. Ms. Connor has only four screen credits in her career, but when she left acting, she later became an Atlanta Falcons cheerleader. Uh, she's now the owner of Luxury Lash Lounge, an eyelash extension business in Atlanta. So if you're ever in Atlanta and uh, you need your eyelashes extended for any reason, uh, go to see Paige at the Luxury Lash Lounge. Teller Cinema Wellman sent you. Good work. Young Page delivers the best line in the film during an exchange with Glenn Ford. He asks her if there was anything she wanted to say to him that she hadn't said before. And she was like nine or ten at the time. Her response is, yes, go find yourself. It was tremendous. I had the same comment in mind for whoever made this cinematic mess. Skip this one. 
Well, at least there were only two on October's worst list. On to the best of the month. We'll begin with 2023's Totally Killer. This entertaining comedy horror film on Prime Video is described by IMDb as follows. When the infamous Sweet Sixteen killer returns 35 years after his first murder spree to claim another victim, 17-year-old Jamie accidentally travels back in time to 1987, determined to stop the killer before he can start. Jamie is played by Kiernan Shipka, an actress I had never seen before. I thought she was really good on both sides of the genre coin in this film. A running gag on the comedy side involves Jamie being stunned by how relaxed and unregulated everything seemed to be back in 1987. Nobody really cared what you did. The fact that I lived through the 80s and know that's the truth made the bit even funnier to me. If you're looking for a funny slasher movie involving time travel and the 80s, this is definitely it. Big smile for Jamie's final line is the final line of the film. Fucking time travel. Yep. <laughs> Next from 2018, Hairwolf. This is an unrated 12-minute short and... Uh, you've heard me praise short films here before, and we're going to do it again with the next two films on today's best list. IMDb's synopsis of Hairwolf. The staff of a black hair salon fend off a strange new monster. White women intent on sucking the lifeblood from black culture. This cultural appropriation comedy slash horror short is phenomenal. Director... Mariama Diallo's white girl zombies bang on the windows of the salon, moaning braids instead of the usual zombie anthem, brains. It was just brilliant. Don't forget that the saying goes, many a true word is spoken in jest, and there's a lot of jest packed into 12 minutes here, if you know what I'm talking about. Seek this one out. Our next film is from 2017, and it's Zygote, non, not rated, 23 minutes. Our second short comes from South African-Canadian director Neil Blomkamp, who brought us District 9 and Chappie, if you've seen those. IMDb again. Stranded in an Arctic mine, two lone survivors are forced to fight for their lives, evading and hiding from a new kind of terror. To paraphrase a movie that I hated, you had me at Arctic Mine. Dakota Fanning is our badass protagonist, helping the only other survivor out of a hundred who has been blinded by the monster. And that monster is super high-octane premium nightmare fuel. Turns out that the monster is made up of the other 98 crew members it already killed. And it's so unbelievably creepy and skeevy. It's got all the fingers, all sorts of fingers on all sorts of hands and hands and legs and parts of legs and feet and multiple arms and hands. And oh my God, the fingers and this thing's like lumbering all over the place. This huge monster. But that's not the worst part. The worst part is the face, which features... The eyes. So many eyes. This was wild, wild stuff. Next on the list from 2023, Kill Boxoon. Not rated 137 minutes. 
Um, I'm a big fan of South Korean cinema, and one of the genres they do best is action. The villainous Train to Busan, Ballerina, Snowpiercer, and The Great Battle are all examples of edge-of-your-seat action thrillers made in South Korea. Add Kill Buck soon to that list. It's filled with stunning action sequences and stylized violence. But the violence isn't comical like what the John Wick franchise has fed us lately. The Baksun the title wants to kill is Gil Baksun, a single mom who is also a famous hired assassin. The film follows her struggles to achieve a work-life balance and her difficulties with her teenage daughter. Even hired killers have trouble with their teenage daughters. Hmm. I can't relate to that. The action is frenetic, and one one of the fight sequences is shot through the windows of a passing train. This was magnificent to watch, and I commented out loud when it was over. I believe my exact comment was, that was fucking great. Um, simple and to the point as far as commentary goes. But I had seen directors shoot sequences through the windows of a moving train before, but never such a... Um, a great action sequence and fight through those windows. It was so well done. Now, the, the action all around is well done, and it feels fresh, unlike the paint-by-numbers action movies Hollywood studios continue to churn out. It's not a comedy by any means, but there are some truly funny moments, including an exchange between a Yakuza gangster and Baksun about what weapons are about to be used in a fight to the death. It's hysterical. Uh, this movie, like so many South, uh, South Korean action thrillers, is a lot of fun. And that brings us to the best movie screened here in Cinema Wellman during the month of October. And this one really isn't that much fun at all. It's from 2019, and it's The Platform. It's rated R. It's 94 minutes. Um, IMDb gets, gives it a 7, uh, so some respect there. This is some bleak bleak stuff here. IMDB break the news to you. <clears throat> a vertical prison with one cell per level, two people per cell, only one food platform, and two minutes per day to feed. An endless nightmare trapped in the hole. A futuristic dystopian prison that's part torture chamber and part social experiment is a truly horrific place in which to set a movie. There are 334 levels in the prison. There's one food platform, and the prisoners on level one get first crack at the feast. When, when arriving at this facility, each inmate's allowed to choose a food, which is then added to the, that smorgasbord every day. And every two minutes, the platform drops to the next level. So you eat what you can, because it's going to drop and then you're not going to be able to eat for another day. So, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people are starving and there's some violence. And you can imagine what's left of the food when the platform gets to the lower levels. Not to mention some of the nauseating and vile things some of the prisoners do to the food as it descends to the next level, the lower level. Each prisoner is also allowed to bring an object with them. One brings a book, another a surfboard, and another guy a huge hunting knife. <laughs> the, our protagonist and, and, and his cellmate are sitting, in, and, and the, the guy on the other bed looks at him and goes, you brought a book? 
He's like, yeah, I want to read this. There's nothing to do here. And whatever. He's like, what did you bring? And the guy reaches behind him and takes out this huge hunting knife. So I brought this. Um, <clears throat> after several weeks have passed, the prisoners are, are gassed to sleep. And they wake up in a new cell on a new level with a new cellmate. Our protagonist pleads with the prisoners to begin a rationing system to ensure that everyone gets to eat every day, regardless of what level they are on. And you can imagine how that goes. The platform had me thinking from start to finish, wondering not only what was going to happen, but what I would do if I was in that situation. I wouldn't bring a book with me, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, that's a wrap for October's Best and Worst from here at Cinema Wellman. We hope to see you right here next week when we finally get to our Truth is Stranger Than Fiction episode highlighting some top documentaries that we have screened over the years. We'll have at least 10 of those for you next Friday, maybe even a baker's dozen. Until then, take care.